welcome. I'm Vivian Havlin. I'm the executive director with Citizens Crime Watch. And today here with us, we have Lieutenant Quinones, which I have known for many, many, many 15 years. 15 years at least. That's, that sounds about right. Yes. Or a little bit more. Yes. I, I think so. Um, but was interesting is I know you and I know everything that you have done, but our listeners don't know um, what is exactly that you're doing. You're here with uh, Miami-Dade School Police, yes. but tell us a little bit more about your background within your department so that our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So Vivi, um, not f I haven't known you for 27 years, but I've been there 27 years. But like you said, we've known each other a long time. So um, obviously, we're school police, so I was a school resource officer. I became a supervisor, um, did investigations, and um, now I'm a lieutenant. I've been doing that for about six years um, in the north end, and I'm near the end of my career now. Really? Yes. Well, that's a surprise to me. I didn't know that part. You're going to retire soon. A year, five months, and, and uh, counting. 20 days. Why is that you guys in law enforcement always do the counting? Well, you will be missed in Thank the you. department and all the knowledge that you bring to the Thank table. You. But mm -hmm. the reason why you're here is um, you can buy to to visit because yes. I had uh, needed some guidance. I, I would admit I always reach for help and guidance. And um, we got into what our organization was doing um, to bring awareness to autism. And I was trying to tell you that we were doing this little box that has some frigid toys and a communication chart and stuff like that um, um, to go ahead for April, which is Autism Awareness Month. Yes, it is. And what happened there is kind of the reason why you're here with us. Well, you gave me then um, around 100 of the kids. I, I did. And I want to give you more to take back with you if yes. there's any for that. Yes. We're going to try to give them to an officer for each officer in our department. But uh, we gave them to our officers. And when you told me what you were doing, of course, we talked about, you know, my involvement and interest uh, with autism. And I saw some of the items that you guys had in the bag. And uh, I commented on all of them, and in, in particular, this kind of communication chart mm -hmm. and how interesting and how it correlates with some of the things that I know about autism. And then you were kind enough, like I already mentioned, to give us a bunch. Awesome. But what? with that, you went ahead and you shared with me the different things that you do within the department yes. and with your officers yes. to kind of like help them or offer them some sort of like guidance mm -hmm. when they're coming in contact with a child that's in distress or is having a little bit of more difficulties like communicating um, with them or exactly. communicating like their needs. And I would love if you could go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that because honestly, I feel it's like super, super important. And um, I'm very glad that you're doing that and how it all started for you. Okay, so I'll talk about the what you just mentioned at the end, how I started. So I have a 22-year-old son who has severe autism. Uh, he's between nonverbal and very limited uh, verbal communication. So that's what started me off when we found out about my son's diagnosis. Obviously, as a parent, I wanted to learn everything I could. You're talking 22 years ago. There was way less information than there is now. We less help. Uh, his mom and I paid everything out of pocket. 
where now your insurance pays a big chunk. So I started to research, to study, to get books, to attend workshops for parents. And um, that evolved into me wanting to train and, and make others aware. And I thought that being a school police officer was like the perfect place to, to, to use uh, what I learned and to share with others. Uh, so that's how it started. Um, more generic terms, there's a training that's called crisis intervention training. And it's a major training for law enforcement throughout the United States. And that is used to deal with people who are in crisis in general due to a mental health problem issue, a crisis at that moment. Within that training, which is a 40-hour training, there's a block that talks about autism. But um, it's not enough to get people to understand what we hope that they learn. So that's how it started. And for me, actually, at that training, when I was attending that training, I met one of the trainers who has a son with autism. And uh, we started talking, you know, after the training. Uh, about doing training at South Florida Autism Charter School for the staff. That's what got me into it. And subsequently, which we can go into some detail, our department does training, uh, an eight-hour training that all of our officers go through, which is 100% solely about autism and police officers interacting with individuals with autism. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what the officers will take away from that eight-hour course that you offer them that will benefit them when interacting with any kid with autism? That's a good point or, or question to bring up because um, as we were talking earlier, even though uh, autism appears to be more prevalent today or it's not known if maybe it's just identified better, uh, there still are many individuals in our training uh, that when you talk to them, they themselves have not interacted with somebody with autism. And if they have interacted, it's really not uh, a full interaction. It's a casual, they're in a place, a store, somewhere, and maybe somebody says or somehow they become aware that they have autism, but they haven't tried to, let's say, have a conversation or try to resolve an issue. So I would say that one of uh, the, the main goals is to bring awareness that there are way more individuals with autism that you might imagine. Uh, I won't go into st the statistics, but it has increased, like I said, either I in its... I think we have it here. Um, here for us, uh, according to what Kathy wished you met with her before, pull up, is that according to the CDC, it's one in 44 children in the United States is diagnosed within the autism spectrum. Spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the, the, the first thing, like I said, is bringing awareness, general awareness. There are people out there with this thing that we call autism. By the way, in our talking earlier, too, and I don't know if you were going to bring it up, and, and this is also part of the training, is how to address people, how to talk with and about people mm -hmm. uh, for the benefit of their parents also. And that's part of the training. So there's the awareness and then there's the identification. So if you get to a, a crime scene or if you run into a person who's behaving what we would call atypical in an atypical format, atypically, that instead of thinking, which has happened, there have been lawsuits 
There are uh, videos out there that you can see of the interaction that's gone bad with police officers because they deduced that the person was on drugs or was uh, not mm. responding, not cooperating. And in fact, what they were dealing with was a person who has autism. And so we want you to be able to identify um, some behaviors that might say, oh, wait a second, I think I know what what's what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of it. And they have a different approach with that. Like if they're able to identify that this person might have like autism, then that interaction from that point on would be completely different, which is why I think that training like is so important. Good point. Good point. Let me let me jump on that a second. I apologize. Um, so, for example, uh, I've been in law enforcement almost 30 years. Like I said, I'm about to retire. And um, in law enforcement, there are certain things that we do that the general public doesn't understand um, because they don't do that function. So let me get to a, an exact point. You are expected and need to have control of a scene mm -hmm. because if not, things could go bad as opposed to you get control like a fire. You put it out real quick. It's not a big deal. It's a small fire. You put it out. If you allow it to rage, it's out of control. So we're used to taking control of everything that's going on around us. So once you become aware that the person has autism, you will be more open to not having the control that we normally demand and want to have. So you might allow that person to pace back and forth, whereas if you were dealing with a typical subject, mm -hmm. a criminal, whoever, you're not going to allow him to walk back and forth. Yeah. Because is he going to run? Is he going to go this way? Is he going to attack somebody? But now if I become aware you have autism, I understand that you may be um, trying to modulate yourself and relax yourself, and I would allow that. I might allow you to hold something in your hand, whereas mm -hmm. if you were a typical person and you were holding something, and in my training I tell people that if they have a weapon, obviously you you cannot allow them to have a, a, you know, a knife or a gun, but you may even allow them to have a branch in their hand. Okay. Because okay. I know you have autism. Now I don't think, hey, you have that to injure me. It's what calms you. Okay. And I use, I've taken pictures, uh, and with the permission of my, my son's mom, I've taken pictures and I've demonstrated how he, and I just showed a picture earlier to you guys, where my son has things in his hands. He needs those things in order to stay calm. In order to deal with the anxiety. It suits him. So mm -hmm. it suits him. So again, I identify because of certain attributes and behaviors you're doing, which I could mention pigeon walking, mm -hmm. walking up on your toes, flapping your hands, repeating the same exact thing. So if I don't know you have autism, oh, you're being a smart aleck. We don't like that. But if I know you have autism, it's not a problem. Yeah. You're doing what they call echolalia. You're just echoing what I say. You're repeating what I say. And it's important because I also know that when you say something, you it doesn't have the same meaning for you than it would for a typical person. Yeah. You may just be repeating. So I have to be aware of that because I could, uh, if I don't know or if I don't uh, think of the fact that you may have autism, I may think that you are confessing to something. An example that I gave earlier in the conversation is that when my son becomes anxious, he starts saying, Monday. The reason he says Monday, it's the end of his weekend being with his strict father. So if he becomes anxious and he says Monday, he's actually telling you, I want to go to my mom. 
So that if you as an officer came up to my son thinking that he's a subject and said, when did you break into the car? He might respond Monday. Monday. And you're like, wow, I got him. But it's that he's a little bit more stressed and he's scared and he's saying Monday that is that he wants to go back to his mom. So, So that's part of identifying uh the person through like i said a few times through their movements uh through the things that i said through the repetitive uh speaking copying exactly what you're saying having objects that for anybody else would be peculiar mm-hmm. you know and then like you asked handling it differently yeah one of the first one of the important things that you're trying to establish too once you know they have autism the next step would be how do i communicate with them yes which it's to that and yes. and we could, could not hours. yes we could be on for hours but again there's different um not that there's different types of autism but right there's like the spectrum. the spectrum is so different Very and you could come into contact with someone that you might not even know that is autistic versus or I'm sorry if I used the wrong word, but I did use no, the word autistic. Wait, let's jump on that a second. And, then we'll go <laughs> and that's to why I'm like puffing myself because yes. I'm like, I did go there and I did use yes. the word uh, autistic. Autistic. And we, we, let's talk about that for a second. So even in the training, and that happens to everybody mm-hmm. or many, many people, we talk about the language. Yes. Because the parents could be there. And the training I did at the South Florida Autism Charter School was a crisis mostly for the parents. They're now in an accident or something and the police arrive. And now they're already dealing with the crisis that anybody would be dealing with. But to add to it, they have a child that has autism. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, uh, the word that you use, you didn't mean anything by it, but people prefer that you say that their child has autism, has autism. That's why I like pause myself because I'm like, I just use that. But yes. So when when a child has Autism. Autism. They could be nonverbal, nonverbal, but they could actually be having just a normal conversation yes. with you again because the spectrum is so yes. wide. Yes. Um, but this is why we have this chart, wow. which it turns out that you actually talk to me a little bit more about why having charts like it's important and so the mentality for us to do and i'm not trying to bring this back to the organization because this was just something that we just wanted to do was my husband is a police officer Mm -hmm. and for him we would always go yeah it was cheap i'm sorry with with cheap people i guess we would go to the dollar store and we would buy like little stuffed animals that Mm -hmm. were just like a dollar and he will have it like in a in a black crate like in the back of the police car for when he went into an accident or something like that he would have just like something to give to the little kid that were crying or nervous or like in distress just to like uh, calm them down and then everything like elaborates like from there but to bring it back to what I was trying to say, they might come into contact with somebody that they don't even know that has autism just because they're a little bit more functional than so somebody that doesn't. That's at a different... And then you're dealing also with, like in your case, with the SROs, like in a, in, in a school yeah. setting with like faculty, they're 
don't necessarily have the comfort of their parents yes. there. And now they have an SRO also like involved, which to me, when they're in this comfort and they don't have like a parent or the comfort of like their home, their home, it yeah. becomes a little bit more like so, difficult. So several things there. Um, so again, we're trying to identify, we identify, now we're trying to communicate and we're trying to de-escalate if it's a crisis. Because like I said, you have different scenarios, they're lost. They don't even know they're in a crisis. We know because, like I mentioned, my son cannot be out of the sight of people outside of our home. So so now you try to communicate. And again, learning about autism. And we talk about different um, cultures to make the example I'm about to. In our culture, it's expected that you make eye contact. Mm. People with autism in general, and you'll hear me say that a lot because I don't like to attribute a specific uh, behavior to everybody with autism because they're as different as we are. But uh, in general, they don't like to make eye contact. And some people high functioning that have autism have said because it hurts them physically for you to look into their eyes, hurts them pain, physical pain. They suffer pain. Wow. And that's why he expressed this is a very high functioning person. So now I believe you have autism and I want to communicate with you. I'm not going to force you to have uh, eye contact. I'm not going to get too close to you. Okay. In general, they don't like that. In general, they do not like people touching them, which includes my son. But I know it doesn't include everybody else. But now I know I want to communicate with you. Who are you? Why are you here? Or what's going on? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try to talk to you. But with, like you said, with some of them, I'm going to find out real quick that your uh, vocabulary is better than mine. But with at least, I think the stats said 40-something percent, we're going to find out you cannot or do not. And notice I emphasize, or do not. Because this uh, autism is so peculiar that including my son, sometimes some people have the vocabulary, but either they choose not to use it, they don't find the reason or the incentive, but they'll use it if they found it. So, But I want to communicate with you. So I try talking to the person. Well, that's not working. So now you have to think, sometimes out the box, well, how am I going to communicate with you? And that's where also for officers, we start saying, think outside the box. And this, in terms of autism, what you have here, even though it has multiple symbols, generally is called a picture exchange card system. So that each character would be one card. Mm -hmm. So I could literally maybe go up to the person and show them this. And it's quite possible that they will point one out, like they're sad. How they're failing. I'm upset. He needs to use a restroom. That's why he's in a crisis. Nobody understands. I got to go to the, the bathroom. So as I'm trying to figure out, well, how is it that you communicate? I tried talking. That didn't work. This is a method. But you could, for example, we can communicate many different ways, right? And everybody knows, according to research, that most communication, I think it's 80-something percent, is nonverbal, mm -hmm. which is people with autism, that's more their, in general, their strength. So sometimes you could look at something and kind of guide them. It could help, but you could also get a piece of paper and most cops have a pad mm -hmm. and, and tell them, right. Now, a lot of them have problems with dexterity, but so for example, the other day at a wedding, I asked my son to write his name. That was part of the, what they were doing there. And it wasn't easy to make out his name, but you could. And if you ask the person to write, and maybe they write toilet or mom, 
And it might not look perfect like mm-hmm. the word mom, but you can start to, oh, this looks like an M. This like, you know, so, so there's speaking. There's the picture exchange card system. There's, do you want to write it down? There's sign language. One of the very first ways I started to communicate with my son was sign language. So you, we were trying to tell the officer, don't try to talk the person, talk to the person, and they don't respond. I give up. That's it. You know, you wouldn't want that for you. Try to think, well, does anybody know sign language? Hey, can you write it? Write it here. Write it here. Uh, Point at it. Point at this. You know, so try whatever methods they're most comfortable with. But I want to touch on something and and then we could uh, elaborate more on it. You mentioned the bag and you mentioned the cheap toys. Yeah. I, I never thought you were cheap, but. Well, I am. I'm Really? Well, I'm not. I actually spend a lot of money Your according husband. to my husband. I knew it. I knew it. But my husband is more conscious about, you know, money. And for Somebody's him, it was it, absolutely. <laughs> Thank goodness, because if not, we'd be broke. <laughs> but for him, it was like he like and, and that's what he said. He's like, I'd rather buy, like, go to the dollar store to have more to be able to give to like more kids yes, to yes. help than like spend They're not like, worried how much it costs. Five, you know, five or, like, dollars on one and be able to have like less. Person. So for him, he wanted just to have in the car to like have like something to, you know, help them. So let me explain the, the beauty of the bank that you're giving out. So I've gone to many situations where there's a person with autism in crisis. And even now, as I've gotten promoted, sometimes I've been fortunate that they've called me to scenes and sometimes even involved the loved ones of police officers from other police departments because it's it's important. And unfortunately, sometimes when you get there, you realize that people aren't thinking in the way that you would hope. And I'm going to be very specific now. So if I get to a scene and we're talking about the bag I've gone to scenes and the person's in crisis. And one of my first questions is, where is their preferred object? Where are their preferred objects? Like I mentioned, if I was to show you the picture of my son at the wedding the other day, his hands are full of some of his preferred objects, which could change over days, weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years, that one of those items, he will hold on to it. Mm -hmm. So I'll get to a scene, see the person in crisis and say, how does he communicate? How does she communicate? So let's communicate like that. They're still in crisis. Where is one of their preferred objects? So they may say, oh, it's over there. It's this thing. We'll get this thing over here because the first thing we want to do is de-escalate. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we want to try to encourage them to behave typically, but we want to de-escalate. So if they don't have a preferred object going to this bag, anybody, if they're in uh, a difficult moment, likes to distract their mind. So in essence, to use that kind of terminology, if I was to go there to a crisis situation and they didn't have a preferred object because maybe they left their classroom and they didn't have the object and I, I knew somebody had this bag, I would say, bring the bag. And I would hold this out and see if it catches the person's attention or hold this out and maybe pop it, yeah. which is one of the things that's in your bag. Yeah. And if they wanted it, and I may try like, Calm down first to see if that works. Like I would say to the person, come first or sit first. Or, And if they did, great. But if they didn't, I still would potentially give, give it to them, them. Mm-hmm. to see that, well, if I give you this first one, are they now you know, interested in this and checking it out? And so that starts to 
calm them because they have control of this. It helps them soothe themselves. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm trying to kind of negotiate with them and communicate. You want this, which I've done with my son. Well, I need, you know, please um, stop screaming or, or what have you. So this introduces maybe a potential preferred item and the de-escalating and the distracting and all that to help calm the situation. Awesome. With 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 that said, mm-hmm. um, just to like be able to like. That's I didn't know, <laughs> but I could go back to I I know exactly where I stop. No, I mean start over that sentence. Sorry, something this cuts off after. After how long? She's been talking all that time? You've been talking it's all that time. Okay. You know what then? Um maybe ask about some of the other things that we do. And and I'll talk about the I, uniform, the I car, gonna, the money. That's why I was like with okay. that set. Okay, because I'll talk forever. No, no. Especially with Vivi. So with that said, now we have the training that you guys um, do with your officer. Um, you teach them how to identify. Uh, identify and communicate and get them to like calm down, which all that is super beneficial. I also understand that um, school police does, which by the way, sorry, I always say that I'm so proud of being in Miami-Dade County because oh, we're best. unique in the fact that like we here in Miami-Dade County have school police that in so many other places we don't have that so let me just you know go into like how proud i am to like be living in a county where makes us so unique to have school police like in our like schools right like and we have our officers like in our school and we have uh, a department that's dedicated to our school and that makes us so so unique and we we lead miami dade leads the country in the training that i mentioned the generic crisis mm-hmm. intervention i don't know where we're at in autism training but I, I i bet we're pretty high up there so thank you for the compliment and it's uh, it's it, i i really do think it's um, yeah. you know i think it's amazing and it really makes us very very unique right so let's 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 go back to um it's very unique. Yeah. It's very special. And it's super important yes. to have a department that's dedicated to be like in our schools yes. with our kids. I think so. Again, our school, our kids are going to school to learn, to be safe, and to have the best environment that we could provide to them. Yes. But your department also does a lot for autism. Yeah. Um. And you guys do different things and different things that will benefit and that you guys give back to the autism community. And I wanted, if you don't mind, to tell me a little bit more about all those things that the department as a whole does and how that goes back to the autism community. So um, first, let me say that um, at least the that I can remember specifically, maybe because the increase in in the numbers or acknowledging people with autism that our current chief and our prior chief have been so committed, so, so committed to supporting uh, the training and and recognizing the need and the importance. I mean, I am extremely grateful to our current chief and our prior chief for that. So in addition to the training, which I think is the most important thing so that we know how to interact, identify and all that, um, I think a a few years ago, 
we started, and I want to say it was with the patches. So in the month of April, we're allowed to wear a uniform, and I meant to wear it. I didn't. And the patches had the autism uh, puzzle logo, which is what everybody identifies. That's how it's, it's the, the iconic mm-hmm. figure is the, the puzzle piece. So we started with the patches. And all the money's raised. So the officers buy the patches mm-hmm. and they know that they're paying more for the patch than it really costs. Okay. Quite a bit, quite a bit more, quite a bit more, maybe double or triple what the patch really costs. But they know that. And then those funds we have given them to the South Florida Autism Charter School uh, so that they can use it, however, to benefit their institution. Um so then as the years went on, because I remember if it was three years exactly when we started. So then now, let's say if I had my full uh, autism month uniform on now, it would be the patches, the lieutenant's bar, the badge itself. The badge itself has the autism puzzle in the middle. And I should have said that within this. So the uniform is awesome because when you go somewhere, especially if it's a uh, 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 a meeting or an event that is related to autism, when people realize that your uniform also, you know, speaks or advocates for autism, I can't, I was so surprised at the reaction, how it mattered and how important, because they're saying of all the things you could have had on a police patch, you put our puzzle piece. Yes. And then I need to mention that we have an autism car. And a lot of people have told us that it's the best autism car in Miami-Dade County. I'm not going to admit that, but mm. I will... On the s- record, you won't admit it. I will say <laughs> that the fact that your car is black mm-hmm. and then you have all the bright puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. it it is very eye-catching. It, it does stick out, and it's 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 pretty amazing. And I, and I saw this car for the first time... Um, Hammocks um, District mm. um, and Miami Dade Police Department, which clearly you like ours better. I know. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> um, but no, in all honesty, Miami Dade Police Department does do a lot also for you know yeah, autism. Of course, they also have the patches and they have like the 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 badge and the the police car. Yeah. So it was very unique. We did an event at an adventure park in Hammocks District. Mm-hmm. And the two cars like were there, and they all both of the uniforms had like the the uni- your uniform yeah. is different. Ours, yeah. you know, it's brown. Ours, I'm sorry, we're housed here with mm-hmm. Miami Dade Police Department, and it's my heart. <laughs> but um, it was so unique to see because that park had opened it up for children with autism and and you know and their families, and to see both departments and their cars and the bash and stuff like that. And I did get to see the car. And by the way, it is amazing. Thank you. And let me say, let me I say, I will Vivi. say the car is amazing. Thank there you. you go. On record, the car is beautiful. So let me say this: that especially the first time that I was able to drive the car to. Uh, an autism function. And it was during the month of April. I think it was the walk at the school. And then I also went to an event in Doral. I could not believe the reaction that I got from the family and the parents. Mm -hmm. And what it said to me, they said it literally, and I could tell in their body language was, wow, you think we're so important that you have a car dedicated to our cause. And I think hundreds of people, it was nonstop taking pictures next to the car with or without me and the kids went inside the car i you know the siren that you're not supposed to put on anyways um but it was amazing 
to see how important and what it meant to them. It was beyond anything I expected, which I told the chief. I'm like, I thought it was going to be a hit, but it really meant a lot. And people told me, man, this this is it really does. cool. And for the parents. So that was uh, that was my my experience. Like yeah. we were there just like to work the the event mm -hmm. but it does touch the parents yes. when they actually do see that you guys do care and that you guys are doing and bringing not just like awareness but that you guys want to connect with the children well, let me tell you what was really neat about having the car there in addition to everything else this was what stood out to me so they saw the car autism and they're like wow and that brings them over to me. Mm -hmm. And then we start a conversation. So and instead of it being an autism event and the police are there, maybe to protect or show it's important. Now we start a conversation about police and autism mm -hmm. because the car brought them to me. And now we're talking about the training and they again realize how important it is and that people care and that the police want to get it right. We've gotten it wrong sometimes. We're human, but that we want to get it right and that we have training. So that car opens up uh, the possibilities for conversations. And then they can they have the car? Can they get the training, et cetera? So the car is like a, a venue for talking about autism and, and law enforcement. Which is, again, fantastic. There's so many, uh, there's, which people, and I am going to go there, People don't really understand yeah. police work mm -hmm. and the community. And people don't, people just see a, a, a uniform. People just have their picture in their mind of what that job, like, it's like. And not so much that us departments, we're constantly trying to bridge those gaps yeah. to, like you said, get it right that these are actually parents, these are actually like any other like human being that's behind that uniform or, be, you know, driving that car. And when I hear of like training such as the one that you guys do with your department, and I actually mentioned that I wanted to bring you to yeah. like our law enforcement meetings so you could kind of like talk to them about that kind of training too, just because information is power, which is why we do this podcast. Oh. It's it, it it's it's why we do like what we do. We're a small nonprofit. We our bread and butter is that it's being out with the community, it's crime prevention, but it's also like bridging that gap between our community and uh what law enforcement does. So when we see departments, yours and any department trying to do so much to give back to the community, not just with autism, but breast cancer and so many other very important like causes. It's really warming for us as civilians because that's what we do. Myself and I, we're just civilians. We're just any other residents like in the community. And so to me, it's very important when I see or when we get to see that you guys are human and everything that you guys are doing to bring it back to like the community. But most important for me and having this conversation with you, and I have known you for many, many years, is the fact that you came in and you were so willing to talk about your son because yes. not everybody um, does that mm -hmm. and, and open up so kindly about what works for your child and yeah. how much you have learned, how much he has 
taught you. Yes. That then now you could share those those stories um, to connect with those other fellow officers and 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 give them an understanding of why is that you're doing it and the importance of it because you're a parent of a child that has like autism. Well, let me tell you real quick because I know we're you know uh, wrapping it up soon. That one of the highlights of my career was being asked to go interview a child in a case. The father is a law enforcement officer, and um, he wanted to know over the phone in a three-way, like, why I would be the right person or who would be the right person. And when we spoke over the phone, he said, it has to be him to interview my my son, no other officer. And the highlight of that uh, case was when we finished, because they were listening to the, the interview behind a wall, uh, a partial wall that they could hear everything. And when we finished, the parents said, we were not aware that our child could speak the way he spoke with you. We've never wow. never heard him speak like that. Wow. Yeah. It was a wow moment for me. And for the parents, yeah. as, as you were saying. Yeah. And so that's super, like, important. Yeah. Um, we are wrapping it up. Um, I think the information like is there. I do want to have you come back, like I said, to um, continue doing what you're doing and and train some of our um, neighborhood resource officers that we work with uh, and do our crime watch meetings uh, with them. I think it's very beneficial. Mm, I would love to. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Quinones, for being here with us today to raise awareness for autism. And if there's any other topics you would like for us to cover in the future, please go ahead and leave a comment below. And please make sure to check out our other uh, podcasts uh, for your crime prevention tips. Once again, thank you.